Homestyle Green, episode 124. This week we're talking about a deeper shade of green with the man himself, Johan Bernhardt. And listen in to find out how you can get access to Johan at a workshop that he's running, a three-part series workshop uh, here in Auckland at a ridiculously low price. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. And Johan Bernhardt is someone who's been doing that for about 30 years in New Zealand. And I'm very excited to have Johan on the podcast. When I set out to create this podcast, the idea of having someone of his standing on the show was a bit of a dream. So um, it's fantastic to have him come on and talk about what he does and why he does it. The reason why I wanted to bring this out this week was Johan is actually running a series of seminars and workshops here in Auckland coming up in August, and then he's uh, doing that again in October. So check it out. Go over to homestylegreen.com forward slash 124 for episode 124. Um, and all the details are over there. You do need to get in quick because uh, numbers are limited, and if you don't get into the August one, then definitely check out the October one. If you are renovating and if you're in Auckland or going to be around Auckland, then I you need to see this. You need to go and check it out. So um, make use of this amazing opportunity. Of course, if you're not in Auckland, then there's some other things that you can do, and check out the show notes for recommendations of how you can get hold of some of Johan's expertise in this area of making homes a deeper shade of green. Before we get into this episode, I want to do a quick shout out to Proclima. Of course, great sponsors and supporters of this show. It's fantastic to have them on board, not just because they are suppliers of great products, but they also have loads of useful information to make your home or your renovation perform better. And that's what we're all about here. And I'm excited this week to bring on uh, another supporter, um, and I've got another interview lined up, which I'll probably bring to you next week, and it's with Henry um, Edney from MaxRaft. And MaxRaft has actually been on the show already, so you can check that out at way back in episode 20, that's from over two years ago that uh, I did that initial interview, and Max Raft have gone from strength to strength in that time. They've just brought out a couple of new innovations, some exciting product developments there. But basically, Max Raft is pretty much the only way to get a fully insulated, and I mean a fully insulated, concrete slab. And it's surprisingly cost-effective. Very, very um, small extra investment or something that you are definitely not going to retrofit later on. So do it once, do it right. Check out maxraft.co.nz. Now, uh, enough of that. This is uh, Johan Bernhardt. And he's the author of A Deeper Shade of Green, but he's also has his own practice here in Auckland. He's got a PhD in uh, the study of sustainable design. And he's been practicing and preaching this stuff for around about 30 years. So here he is, Johan Bernhardt. I hope you enjoy the interview. You have an amazing history uh, studying uh, overseas in Europe, um, Berlin, and as well yes. as and Paris as well. 
Yes, yes. I'm interested I- in why you do what you do, and particularly what was it that made you interested in sustainability as an architect? Well, I can go back to when I was a young student, of course. The first time I heard about ecology, that term ecology, early 70s it was, uh, it immediately struck a chord with me that, um, that that makes a lot of sense, you know, to live uh, a life on this earth that ha- is um, determined by quality and that also takes into account that there are other beings in this world, you know, animals, plants and humans, and that uh, we do, we don't you know sensibly overextend our um, uh, what we take uh, in this world, and and that we just you know live a decent life uh, and um, and limit at that. So that struck a chord with me that idea, and uh, ever since then I've been concerned about the environment and I've been concerned about the way we humans uh, have taken over the whole earth and think that this is um, you know all just uh, available to us and we can do with it as we please. You know, all those kind of things that didn't really uh, um, uh, sit well with me. Mm-hmm. So, And then uh, later on, uh, when I started architecture in New Zealand, it was just a, a logical step that followed on from, you know, from those convictions that I had. What brought you to New Zealand in the first place? What brought me to New Zealand? Originally, I came here because I wanted a bit of uh, different experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, I was uh, I liked sailing and wanted to do offshore sailing, and uh, worked with Greenpeace and uh, did sailing into the you know to the Pacific Islands from New Zealand and did all sorts of adventurous things. You know, New Zealand is the land of uh, the country of adventure adventurers, so that uh, stuck with uh, that, that that attracted me, and then. Um, after a while, I realized, okay, I thought I would only stay for a year or two. Yeah. But then I realized that it was quite nice to live in New Zealand. And it was beautiful and nice people and everything was just right. So I decided to stay, to stay on. And that was 29 years ago. And you're still here. <laughs> and done some, amazing, here. done some amazing work in that time, uh, including publishing a book, The Deeper Shade of Green, which yes. is... As, as you say on your, on your website, marks a bit of a turning point in the um, the realization that there's something going on here, and this is important stuff to be thinking about. Ironically, around 2007, 2008, internationally, things weren't looking very good for houses. Mm. Yet, yeah. this book kind of it doesn't ignore that but it's it's a totally different end of the spectrum isn't it where where some people are just struggling to get a house where but you're promoting the idea of don't just get a a light green house but but go all the way and get a a deep shade of green yeah. is is that a yeah. a big challenge for a lot of people um yeah, it is for a lot of people. For certain people, um, it is uh, not much of a challenge because uh, they feel good about it, you know, and they're happy to um, take on a challenge. But uh, if you look at mainstream New Zealand, and that's what I was always focused on, mainstream New Zealand, I wanted to bring sustainable building and design into mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that was, of course, uh, a bit more of a challenge to um, get a foothold in mainstream New Zealand. So that started off with light green, you know, because it is easy to convince people that um, 
with uh, retrofitting insulation, you can save on energy costs in winter and it's more comfortable and you might feel healthier and, and, and generally better. So that's easy. You don't um, have to be, you know, uh, uh, relying on that concept of ecology and of uh, green living. Um, but when it comes then to do the, uh, go the next step, you know, and be more ecological in the ways you, you, you live in the, on this planet, then, of course, uh, you face a few more, say, um, uh, reservations. But yeah. over the years, I've uh, encountered that, you know, if you go about gently and you could try to convince people uh, of the benefits of it all, you know, you, we can achieve quite a bit, you know. And uh, I, I've always been optimistic and, and uh, I've seen good results. Speaking you know, about the, the mainstream... I've, never, I, I've always tried not to be... Uh, uh, ideologically driven, you know, and making feel pe- pe- making people feel bad about uh, you know about certain uh, lifestyles or that kind of thing. You know, right. I always tried to be sensible in what I was uh, propagating and uh, taking into account where people came from, you know, and and imagining how much they can take on and how much you know would just be going too far for them. So they, that worked quite well. So a gentle approach rather than a black yeah. or white, all or nothing. That's right. That's right. And then, of course, up until 2010 when I wrote this book, um, we had done, you know, made some progress in New Zealand. In fact, really, anybody who thinks about um, uh, pro- uh, proper sustainability concepts uh, uh, realized that what we've done was just, you know, touching at the surface and, and doing a few things here and there, but not really making a difference. And that's uh, where the book came in, where I thought, okay, now all the architects, all the designers, all the builders, you know, and people who are uh, planning to build, they should have something that helps them to go the next, to do the next step, you know, and and to to become uh, a bit more uh, uh, greener, dark, uh, 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 yeah, a bit greener than what we had before. Because mm, you you yeah. hint towards the fact that past measures have really been limited to doing less bad and limiting the damage rather than actually right, yeah. going to the next step that's of improving right. quality and having a a result that's not only good for the people inside it, but ideally good for the, the environment surrounding it as well. Yeah, are are yeah, we getting yeah, closer yeah. to that vision? Well, I think we're still struggling in that department. Um, so um, I think it will be a constant, uh, you know, struggle to improve, you know, but um, getting there is, uh, I think, still a long, long way to go. You mentioned yeah, retrofits as an as an easy first step. Is that part of the solution in a, a situation? I mean, you're in Auckland, I'm in Auckland at the moment, and if you mention housing, the immediate thing in the mainstream is is it going to be affordability and people just getting in the la- getting on that ladder and just getting a house getting a roof over their heads how mm. how do we have a sustainability conversation in that environment in that market where people are just struggling to even buy property yeah yeah very very difficult it is very difficult i admit that and um, it's always been a problem to take that into account the only um, uh, the only point that I was focusing on uh, was that in in recent years, 
the average size of houses in New Guinea had grown and grown and grown and grown. People came to me and asked me to design a house for the family. Yep. You know, say parents and one child, and they wanted 350 square meter house. So in, in 100 square respect, meters each. Three, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, more than 100 per person. And yeah. I always thought that is totally over the top. Uh, that takes too many um, uh, resources, uh, you know, and, and of course uh, the, the, the cost of it all goes on and on with maintenance over the lifetime, with energy costs, with water costs, with all sorts of costs um, exceeding what we really need. And, and uh, in that way, I try to convince people to focus on what they need rather than what they want and to think about maybe reducing the size of a house uh, slightly because with the money that you free up by reducing the size of the house, you uh, get funds for to put into uh, sustainability features. You know? yep. So that, that was uh, a point that I used to make. But at the moment, uh, that is a bit, a bit difficult because the mass housing that we are producing in New Zealand is coming down in size and uh, more, and proper, more and more people realize that that dream of bigger and bigger houses and keeping up with the Joneses, that is has become pretty unrealistic. So you think so we've kind of reached away. a peak there? What's that? You think we've kind of reached a size peak? Yeah, I think so. With the pri- where the prices have gone, you know, those um, sizes uh, become more and more unrealistic. Mm. And uh, so that is, uh, I think, not really the major topic anymore that we're dealing with. The major topics we're dealing with is affordability and affordability for many many young people who are who don't have accumulated a lot of funds, you know, and don't have access to big loans and those kind of things, you know. And that's where the real challenge comes in to be able to um, uh, create affordable houses that uh, include uh, sustainability features. And I admit that is a challenge and that is not easy to achieve because certain sustainability features just cost a little bit more than, you know, mainstream. They cost more at the outset, but they can save you money in the long run, right? Yeah, 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 of course. That is another point that I'm always trying to make. Uh, Think of it long term and uh, think of these uh, initial outlets not as costs but as investment. If you put your money into a term deposit, you know, then your money is gone and, and you, you expect to get um, returns every year, you know. And uh, the same happens with the money you put into the house. You reap the benefits in the long term, mm. year after year after year. So looking at it as an investment helps, of course, mentally, but it doesn't solve the problem yet that it's still a, a certain amount of, um, you know, of initial a payment that still has to be made and that has to be available to people. Yeah, and I guess so, especially in, yeah. in the – not only do we have high affordability, but we've got a huge inflation in purchase price as well. So the actual house is becoming mm. the commodity. So that argument yes. of running costs is, I guess, easy for people to ignore when they know that they can just get a, a huge gain on the capital gain of a, yeah. a property yeah, regardless yeah. of the quality Mm. Um, and I don't know the answer to that either. Sort of detaching that uh, the capital gain and, and the inflation. Uh, the, well, it is detached right now from quality. It doesn't quality doesn't seem to come into it. it it's more about just have you got a house in the right um, school zone? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and that is one of my hopes that we 
might uh, move towards less of uh, buying and selling and all this kind of frenzied uh, activity. Yeah. Because if people count on living in a house uh, uh, in the long run or for long term, then they are much more happy to invest into you know energy efficiency, water efficiency, and and other uh, um, uh, measures because they will reap the benefits over the time. Yep. But um, with the, the the mindset that we have in New Zealand of selling and buying and selling and buying all the time, um, these investments don't make much sense because yeah. they are not being considered, um, you know, in in the sale price. Mm. Well, and, thankfully, uh, this thankfully, is where we should get to, you know, that, yeah. that whole yeah. frenzy of buying and selling. That should settle down a little bit and people should just stay where they are. That would be very, very helpful. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. most of the audience for this show are more inclined to think about quality and are going to be looking for someone like yourself and some of the emerging talent that's out there that is providing uh, very sensible houses, very good quality houses, high-performance houses. When you're designing a house or or doing a renovation, what are, if you had to say there's sort of top three things that people should do to make it a, a good home, what would you say those three things would be? Um. I have that slogan, uh, you know, borrowed from the real estate agents. Uh, they say location, location, location. I always say the main thing is um, insulation, insulation, insulation. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that it would be a main thing. Another main thing is um, if we deal with clients here in Auckland or in the region, say in the northern half of the North Island, then uh, it would be per- would make perfect sense to make uh, to um, adopt the passive solar design principles. Right. Because right. Uh, by adopting them, it makes a lot of sense and we're getting warm and cozy and comfortable houses throughout the year, you know, cool in summer and warm in winter uh, that re- not only reduce costs, but they are healthy and comfortable. Yep. And we have that climate that lends itself perfectly for passive solar design uh, uh, approach, you see, and uh, not to do that means um, uh, uh, throwing away a free lunch, and that's what I always try to tell people, you know, because uh, this is just such a wonderful opportunity that we have in this region, that we have great uh, numbers of sunshine days and hours uh, during winter time. The sun is pretty high in winter, so we can really warm up the houses, and by providing what we need to provide, like thermal mass in certain areas, uh, we can uh, store the heat in the house and that heat can be released yep. during the night, you know. So that would be a major point. Yeah? So passive solar design and um, uh, insulation, insulation, insulation goes, of course, along with the whole concept. And um, those are the things that uh, I would focus on all the time whether it's uh, about renovating houses or whether it's about building new houses, usually it is easier to incorporate this in the design of new houses and more difficult uh, when renovating existing houses because you need um, thermal mass, which is usually uh, comes in the form of a concrete slab, a floor slab. Yep. And uh, that is difficult to retrospectively fit into a an existing timber structure, you know. Yeah. But uh, in any 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 time a house is being extended, 
then the opportunity usually arises, you know, so that uh, this extension can provide virtually the heating for the whole house if it's done uh, properly uh, in winter. You know, and that's a very good opportunity. So mm. it can make sense in renovations and extensions as well as in the design of new houses. And we need to come on to renovations because that's one of the uh, yes. the courses that you're going to be speaking about in June, yes. August, and October. Before we do that, though, uh, passive solar. Now you're not talking passive house; you're talking passive general passive solar design. Is that correct? Passive solar design. That's right. I'm not talking about passive house so much because uh, passive house has been uh, developed in Germany. And it makes a lot of sense in Germany because it's very, very cold over a very long period in winter time. And uh-huh. they have over there, they have virtually no sunshine in winter. You know, it may, if they have two or three sunny days, then they're very lucky in winter. Yep. So um, for them to adopt uh, passive solar design makes no sense. They have developed uh, pass- passive houses and they don't de- depend on the sun, you know. But to transport them uh, as they are to New Zealand didn't make sense to me. And it didn't make sense to other people who have, um, who have adopted them as a, uh, as a method. And uh, what happened is they have uh, changed the, the passive house, passive house uh, concept uh, now step after step after step that what they've reached now is virtually passive solar design principles. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's no, no, not much of a big difference there between the two concepts now. And, by, and so uh, by, this is what I expected to happen because uh, right. we just don't have minus 20 degrees in Auckland. Why should we have uh, uh, 40 to 50, 400 to 500 millimeter thick walls, you know, and, and, mm. and those kind of things as they do in Germany. So, so um, passive solar design, you're talking about good um, orientation, glazing. Northern orientation, three things uh, you need for passive solar design. You need. Um, uh, large uh, glass uh, uh, on, on window and, and door opening, or the glass opening to the north to let the sun in, the midday yep. sun in winter. And uh, you need thermal mass yep. in the house that captures the sun in uh, you know strategic places and um, stores it. Yep. You know, uh, your, your timber floor does not store the heat. It has to be something like concrete, um, slate, uh, uh, tiles, and, and heavy materials, you know, or earth, you know, those kind of materials yep. that store heat. And then the third real big point is insulation to keep that heat that we garnered for in the house for as long as possible. Perfect. So those are the three main elements that uh, constitute passive solar design. Now, where uh, you're speaking in August, coming up uh, next week, actually. I'm going to put this out this week. Uh, so the first one is the 8th of August, 15th and 22nd, and then yes. again in October. Yeah. Um, There's a seminar that uh, runs uh, uh, over three sessions. Right. Hours. Oh, okay. So it's a three it, – It's is it two it's lots one, of three yeah, it's sessions? it's a lot of one seminar in, uh, running in three sessions on three Saturdays at two hours each. Right, so the, the total course is $65 for, for that, and that includes at three sessions? Yes. That That's a very good deal. Huh? Who, who should come along to that? <laughs> well, it's about renovating houses, 
I expect uh, people to come along that are planning or uh, 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 yeah that are planning to do, to renovate either uh, at the moment or in the future, yep. and uh, people that want to know how they can uh, make sensible renovations that not only are sustainable but that save them money in the long run. You know, so I give them lots of um, hints of what they can do and where they can save money and where. Investment is um, not necessary. It doesn't give them uh, many advantages, you know. And so we look at all the aspects of house renovation, and um, I um, show them options. And then in the end, of course, it's up to the people to um, to make the decisions on the various options they get. Yeah. And so, beyond um, beyond the basics of, of thermal design, you're also going to cover. Um, you've got. Chemicals, so um, building materials and off-gassing and, and creating a healthy environment, and and yeah. water as well. You know, talk a bit about water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the whole thing is about sustainability, so yep. inco- it incorporates all the aspects that make up um, sustainability. You know, yep. one of them is uh, the choice of building materials, and we're talking about the ecological aspect of the choice of building materials, um, and uh, in what way those resources affect the environment. We're talking about the biological uh, aspect of building materials. In what way do the ingredients uh, of the processed materials affect people living in the houses? Yep. You know, so there's indoor air quality and uh, and chemicals involved. So we're talking about these two aspects of building materials. We're talking about um, energy efficiency and energy generation. We're talking about water efficiency and water generation. And we're talking about that whole waste issue, how we can reduce waste or even uh, uh, eliminate waste and uh, those kind of things. And then it's, of course, also a design issue. If people want to extend the house, then passive solar design comes into play. Yep. And uh, if people don't want to extend the house, then uh, uh, passive solar design is not such a big deal. Yeah. But what I do uh, and what I suggest uh, to people is that they bring, if they... Uh, in the process of renovating, they bring along the the plans of their houses, and we look at them, and I make suggestions to them of what they could sensibly do, and that includes the design of any changes to the house and additions to the house, as well as the use of building materials and energy efficiency and water efficiency. That is so a, a fantastic it's opportunity. The total package, you know, yeah. the total package that people would normally get from an architect or designer. And that they pay big bucks for, yeah. you know, they Thousands. can come here and ask all the questions they have, and uh, we discuss that. And the good thing is, if you got a group of I don't know, ten, fifteen people possibly, and uh, they have different projects, they will learn something from every single project that yeah, we absolutely. are discussing. You know? Excellent. So I think that can be very valuable for people. And I've done these uh, seminars many times, you know in evening classes and weekend classes and all sorts, and people have always told me it's so good to bring our own projects because we learn much more by talking about other projects and that is also relevant to our own one. Perfect. So this one yes. is in the uh, Kaipataki Project Kaipatiki. Environment Centre, which is on yes. the North Shore in Birkdale. Um, coming up, as I said, next week, starting the first session in August, but going again in October. Now, um, that is, of course, here in Auckland. If people can't get to that, I would suggest they grab a copy of your book. 
Yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, where where is yeah. that? And where's the best place to find out about you and and connect with you if people want to um, see what what else you're up to? Well, people, the best thing is uh, they can send me an email or they can go on my website. Yep, and I'll my I'll... website is uh, uh, Bernhard Architecture. Oh, oh, that needs to be spelled. Yeah, otherwise, I'll I'll spell that out it. and I'll put a, a link to it in the in the notes for this episode so people can okay. find. Okay, and if people go on my website, they'll find my uh, email address and can contact me anytime. Perfect. And I'm doing these seminars in other places as well. So. If they can't make it uh, this week and they're still interested, they can just contact me and I tell them where the next ones will be held. Excellent. Great. Hey, well, thank you very much, Johanna. Really appreciate um, your time today, but also just for staying here in New Zealand for 29 years and for for (laughs) contributing as you have. We have it. We haven't even talked about um, the Building uh, Biology and Ecology Institute. We'll have to get you back on to, to talk about that uh, well, at well, some other point. What I told you, you know, is all about building biology and ecology. So, yeah. uh, you know, there's no distinction between sustainability and green design and building biology and ecology and, and those kind of things, you know. Yeah. It's all one big package. Yeah, excellent. Thank mm-hmm. you very much, uh, yeah. Johan. Really appreciate well, your time. Well, my pleasure. Welcome. Well, I hope you got something useful from that. And uh, like I said at the top of the show, if you are interested in getting alongside Johan, like he was just describing there, then head on over to homestylegreen.com forward slash 124 for episode 124. And I've put links to the seminar series that Johan is doing in uh, Auckland, care of the um, Kaipataki project. And, um, of course, if you can't make the August or the October dates here in um, Auckland, then uh, get in touch with Johan. You can email him and find out he is doing those seminars elsewhere around the country. Uh, So find out where else he's running similar workshops. Or um, you might be able to work with him directly as well because he is uh, running his own practice as a designer. Thank you again to ProClimber and, of course, to MaxRaf. You can check them out, ProClimber.com, for all your building wrap uh, supplies and air tightness questions. And if you are building anywhere in New Zealand, anywhere where it's a bit cold, which is pretty much everywhere, really, then you should seriously be considering a fully insulated concrete foundation. And to do that, you need to speak with MaxRaf. So check them out, MaxRaft.co.nz. Tell them you heard about them from me uh, here at Homestyle Green because I'd be very interested to know uh, how how people respond to um, notices on the show. It'd be great to get some feedback on that. Thanks very much for listening. I'm Matthew Cutler-Welsh. This is Homestyle Green. Now go make a better place to live. <laughs>